You are Locked On Big Ten Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I am Dave Hooker. Boy, we are loaded up today. Coming up, we've got news and notes, of course, transfer news. We've got recruiting news. Uh, We'll go around the country, take a look at uh, Notre Dame as well. Man, their schedule is tough in a way you wouldn't expect. Uh, Again, more recruiting news, a scouting spotlight on a Hoosier that's uh, pretty darn good. But first, let's start with the film room. The top linebacker units in the Big Ten, that's what we'll discuss today. And it's brought to you by Twillery.com. Go to Twillery.com. Use the Locked On promo code and you get $25 off your purchase. That is awesome. And these are Incredible shirts with an untucked version. They don't wrinkle. You don't have to iron them. You're all set. That's your Locked on Big Ten football podcast. Okay, a breakdown of the top linebacker units in the Big Ten. Who you got? Well, listen, uh, Penn State has long held the moniker of linebacker U. And I think in modern times, it's not been quite the case, but... I think this is one of the better linebacker units uh, in college football. Uh, Michael Parsons is primed, I think, to have a really good – he's a sophomore, really good player. Cam Brown is really good in pursuit and in coverage. He's a physical hitter. Jan Johnson is a veteran. It's a tough guy that I think is really good. And remember keep a, remember the name Brandon Smith, a true freshman that I think can be a heavy, impactful player. Um, we've talked a little bit about Patty Fisher of Northwestern. Um, He's maybe the best linebacker in the Big Ten, one of the best in the country. He's a downhill physical run stuffer, reminds me of his his head coach. He's really got a nose for the football. He's outstanding tackling machine for them. Blake Gallagher is a first-year starter, really good player as well. Ohio State, uh, no surprise, they're pretty good again. um, Their play at linebacker wasn't nearly as good last year. But I think Malik Harrison is outstanding. Uh, Tua Borland is is healthy again, and I think really uh, has a chance to be good again this year. So those three linebacker units, Dave, are three of the best in the country. Uh, I think Michigan State has a good, tough, physical inside linebacker in Joe Bashy, who's a big-time tackling machine, and then Tyreek Thompson is good. Nebraska has a good inside doer in Colin Miller, Miller and uh, Mohamed Berry. Michigan loses Devin Bush, but I think uh, Kalik Hudson, Joshua Uche, uh, Purdue's got Marcus Bailey, who's a guy that could have gone pro last year. So that's kind of how I, I see it. The, the Penn State, Northwestern, Ohio State. Then I would say Michigan State, Nebraska, Michigan, and Purdue kind of in that next year. Then we're getting into – Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Uh, Then I think at the bottom level, we're looking at Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, and Rutgers. Uh, That's kind of how I see the Big Ten linebacker units, a strength normally for uh, the Big Ten, uh, and particularly a heavy emphasis on run defenders. As you see teams throw it in the league, but if you can't stop the run at linebacker in this league, you're going to have a hard time. There's some pretty good ones in the league. No doubt about it. Stay tuned. You're locked on Big Ten Football Podcast. Coming up, a lot of news and notes over the weekend. We'll go to Michigan. Maryland gets a transfer from one of the nation's 
biggest powerhouse schools. Uh, the latest on the transfer of uh, Luke Ford and his eligibility waiver. You never know how those are going to turn out. And news on uh, 2020 guard Marcus Harper, when he will announce his decision. Stay tuned. More after this, you're locked on Big Ten Football Podcast. I'm Dave Hooker. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten Football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is your Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast. Don't forget to go to Twillery.com. Fantastic shirts. You get $25 off. How about that? Again, $25 off by using the Locked On promo code restock your wardrobe just like you're restocking your uh, fridge with beer it's that easy free shipping and return so why wouldn't you try them out quality shirts you don't have to iron quality shirts that have been manufactured for a century pretty awesome news and notes we start with michigan red shirt senior defensive line lineman slash linebacker reuben jones transferring to west virginia uh, what exactly do you think the Mountaineers got? Well, I think a really good player, and it's not a huge loss for Michigan. The reason why he decided in January to get in the transfer portal was he saw the numbers. He saw, uh, well, obviously they lost some key guys. We, we just talked about it in Bush, but they've got a number of good guys returning, and the recruiting class has been outstanding. So um, Michigan's got uh, something that most people don't have, and that's an abundance of edge players. Um, he's a graduate, so he, you know, he wasn't going to see a lot of playing time. So he entered the portal a little bit surprised. It took this long to go to West Virginia. So it's uh it, he's six, four, two fifty. I think he's going to help them as an edge player. He comes in and I think competes in the rotation for West Virginia right away. Whereas, um, he's just not much of a factor for Michigan. So not a big loss for the Wolverines, but a really good get for West Virginia, uh, in Reuben Jones. Shaq Smith from Clemson uh, goes to Maryland. What do the Terrapins get? Well, this is kind of the reverse. Obviously, the Big Ten loses a guy that really didn't uh, factor in going um, to the Big 12. Well, this is a case where Maryland, uh, devoid of, we just talked about where their linebacking core ranks in the bottom of the league. Shaq Smith, um, you know, really was somebody that was going to factor in at Clemson. He maybe wasn't going to be the top guy. Uh, with all the talent that they've recruited, but he's a really good player, and he was going to, um, I think, be a factor. In but he gives them an opportunity. Um, you know, he he's from Baltimore, so he goes back home. Uh, it's a really to me, he can help Maryland right away. Six two two fifty five. He can play off the edge. He's got good leverage against the run uh, outside. Um, and you know, the cornerback coach at uh, at Maryland, Corey Robinson, coached him in high school, so that had a lot to do with it. But this is a guy that's a former five-star player. We know that Clemson gets a lot of those guys. So this is a player that Maryland can kind of rent, so to speak, a little bit 
Um, I think we'll see in August where he'll stack up Dave, but my guess is he's going to be a starter and a quality one for the Terps this year. We have been, well, at least I have. I don't put words in your mouth, but I have been surprised by the number of players that have been granted immediate eligibility after they transferred. It used to be that was very, very rare. Now it seems to be commonplace. Not the case, though, for Illinois redshirt freshman tied in Luke Floyd's eligibility waiver. Uh, initially denied in April, Illinois subsequently going through the appeals process to overturn that decision. Didn't work out. I don't know if you can decipher the NCAA, Chris. You're a smarter man than me if you can. But what do they weigh? What do they use as determining factors as to whether or not you can play immediately? Well, they look at the situation. They look at all the details, and I don't know that I can, uh, in in a in a short or a long form, explain the NCAA rulings. Although, to their defense, I don't have all the information on every player, so I will say that I'm not going to ask people to trust the NCAA. But at least they have the information. We we do want to report though is that Luke Ford. Um, as you kind of alluded to, has lost his um, waiver. It was denied in April, and as you mentioned, Friday uh, after we did our podcast, it was announced that uh, the NCAA's upheld their appeal. So it's a tough loss for them. Is mean what it really means is going to be forced to sit out the 2019 season. Um, this is just a good player that was going to start for him and help him. Um, he transferred over from Georgia in January. Um, and we're talking about a guy that was one of the, the top 50 overall players in the 2018 class. So this is a guy that was much needed and counted upon. Uh, exactly why it was denied, listen, I mean, there's they can speculate on that, but the bottom line is Illinois is, uh, well, not losing a guy they didn't have, but they're losing someone that could have helped them this year transferring over from Georgia. Illinois commitment um, is – he was once an Illinois commitment in guard Marcus Harper, but he reopened his recruitment. Now he's got visits scheduled. Where do you think Harper ends up if you had a guess? Well, I think that Purdue and Illinois <clears throat> still have a shot. He was, as you mentioned, an Illinois commitment. He's 6'4", 290. Uh, got really good feet. Um, he's, I think, probably headed to Oregon. Uh, I do think that Purdue and Illinois have a shot. I would give maybe Illinois a little bit of an edge at this stage, but I think it's going to come down to three sc- these three schools. But honestly, although we're discussing them here in the Big Ten, and I think there's a chance it could be there, I, I would probably give a 65 70% nod to Oregon at this point and maybe give a, you know, 30%, 35% split between uh, the two Big Ten schools, Illinois and Purdue. We'll see if that changes, but good-looking player, and I think would be a good get for um, for uh, for for Illinois or Purdue. Uh, I know uh, Mario Cristobal likes him a bunch, um, and even though he's quote unquote a three-star, I think he's a little bit better than that, and is uh, I think trending towards more of a four-star guy. In a weird scheduling snafu, we go around the country. Notre Dame faces seven teams that will be coming off a bye in 2019. I don't know that I've ever heard of that. 
Yeah, you know, one of the things, and I know Big Ten fans, well, college football fans that are not Notre Dame fans hate Notre Dame. I mean, it's I hate Notre Dame or love Notre Dame. But one of the things that always – there are two things I say about Notre Dame's schedule. It's a little bit unique. But the, the one thing is we're, we're before I did talk about the uniqueness of the schedule is they more than anybody have to play the most eclectic brand of football week in and week out. What I mean by that is if you're playing the Big 12, you're pretty much going to face a lot of spread week in and week out. You're playing in the SEC, you pretty much know what you're going to get, and so on and so forth. While Notre Dame plays a quasi-ACC schedule, they play more around the country, and they will line up, Dave, and play a spread team one week and then have to line up and play Stanford, which is a completely different look. I don't think people understand, you know, because they watch the games and they see it. I don't think they understand how difficult that is. When you're lining up and having to put a defensive game plan, when you're playing teams that are alike, and I'm not saying one may be as good as the next week in and week out, at least you're seeing like formations. It's a little bit easier in a 20-hour work week to go from we're got to defend spread and we're going to have to play dime packages every game to now we got to line up and play a downhill run team with two tight ends to line up and do something. It is completely a nightmare in a very, very difficult proposition in college football. It's something that I don't think people understand or respect enough of what Brian Kelly and his staff do. And I think they do a great job, but as you mentioned, it is a really quirk to have seven teams that are coming off bye weeks prior to playing Notre Dame. That that makes it much more difficult. And while I think Brian's going to have a good team, and I think Ian Book will do a nice job, this is difficulty. And I know people say, ah, Notre Dame's overrated. They get into the playoffs. They don't win. Well, Dave, I don't know. Outside of Alabama, Clemson, Georgia's been competitive. Who else has been really good? I mean, Oklahoma's gotten there, not been all that impressive. Notre Dame hasn't done much. I mean, it's a college football's become a two to three team dynastic element, and everybody else is kind of looking up at the the power two, and the only team that's kind of looking up, not from a far distance, is Georgia. So, I think Notre Dame's done a really nice job. I think Brian's done a great job, but this is really difficult. And keep that in mind. Last year's schedule at Notre Dame. While it looked good on paper, a lot of disappointing teams. I mean, it's not their fault, but Stanford down here, Florida State, oh, abysmal year. It looked good going into the season. It looked really average at the end of the year. They went unbeaten. They made it into the playoffs. They do it again this year. People are going to say, oh, they don't deserve to be there. They're scheduled this, that, and the other. Keep that in mind. This may not mean a whole lot of difference to you as a fan, but I'm telling you, you have bye weeks. I mean, I know if Nick Saban, for example, if he has two to three teams on his schedule that's coming off a bye week, I mean, he's really looking at that, and that's a real problem for him, even with all of his analysts. Keep that in mind. Notre Dame is going to play seven. Not one, not two, not three, not five, not six. Seven teams coming off bye weeks. That makes and a a maybe a a team that you would rank on a five scale 
a seven and a half with that extra week to prepare. Keep that in mind. You can get healthier and you got extra week of preparation. Big, big, tough hurdle for Notre Dame. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, I don't know that I've heard of seven before. A recruiting report, Penn State, with a commitment from 2020 junior college wide receiver Norvell Black. Uh, big, long guy, six foot three, and uh, having gone the junior college route, being more physically developed, you would expect him to uh, have a big impact now. I do, and I think he's, you know, listen, if you look at it as a freshman when he was at Lackawanna Community College, this, this guy played very well. Very productive. Um, Penn State hosted him in mid-May. He was offered, you know, as a guy. Again, you don't offer a junior college guy. You've alluded to it. You know, you don't offer a junior college guy unless you think he can, he can help early. Um, so we'll we'll see. And uh, I think he can. He's six three. He's one seventy. You know, he's got to get three squares and and um, you know re- really work in the weight room. But I think this guy can. He's got. He's an angular build that can get downfield. I think he helps them pretty early, so excited about what Norville Black can do in this 2020 JUCO class. So we'll see how this plays out, and uh, obviously not going to have the the impact now. But I think when he comes in, I think can can be a good plug and play guy for the Nittany Lions. Good get for them this weekend. Coming up, it'll be a scouting spotlight. We'll look at the quarterback situation at Indiana. Also, we'll reach inside the mailbag. Stay tuned. You're locked on Big Ten Football Podcast. Go to Twillery.com. That's Twillery.com to, wow, get some awesome shirts. You don't have to iron them. Uh, You just basically have to wash them, put them in your closet. They're good to go. How sweet is that? So, again, uh, go to Twillery.com. Use the Locked On promo promo code podcast. The Locked On promo code podcast. Stay tuned. More after this. You're Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast. You are Locked On Big Ten Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast. It's a scouting spotlight. We go to Indiana, redshirt freshman quarterback Jake Tuttle. You think he's got a pretty good arm make all, making all the throws. Yeah, and I like this kid's toughness, too. It's got good leadership qualities. Like them at Utah. He's a big kid. He's 6'3 and a half, 6'4. He's 215 pounds. Um, you know, he uh, he was a four-star recruit, which is really good get for Utah out of high school. And made the move to Indiana. Uh, and I think he's got a little bit more natural ability than Peyton Ramsey and Michael Penix. We'll see how this quarterback competition develops in the fall. But I, I expect uh, Jack Tuttle to, to come in and, and, and win this job. Listen, there's not a lot of playmakers there. But this kid's really good. I think he's tough. He can stand tall in the pocket. Um, I think he can move this offense for him, and I like his toughness. He's going to need it. Uh, they've got a couple of good offensive linemen there. Um, with this play, they can get a running game going. This Indiana team offensively might be pretty decent. But want to give some love to him that, um, you know, particularly this time of year, I don't know how many wins they're going to have on their schedule. Um uh, at, uh, at Indiana this year, but um, this this kid uh, has, has got a chance to be a really good player this year for the uh, the Hoosiers. All right, let's step inside the mailbag or reach inside the mailbag, I guess I should say. That's why I'm not a mailman. Um, what <laughs> schools should uh, Maryland be most concerned about while Mike Loxley is trying to recruit the Baltimore and Virginia and Washington, D.C. area, as they call it, the 
the DMV. What schools nationwide should Maryland be most concerned about while recruiting around town? Well, Clemson does a really good job geographically. Now, the elite players in that area, and they have a number of elite players. Um, you know, th- then, then you're looking at everybody. You're look- the answer would be Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, because they are recruiting everybody nationally. Now, I will say this. While it may be very difficult for Maryland to get the, let's call it the high four-star and the five-star guy to stay home because they haven't established their program, um, they've got to get those kids to at least consider it. But more importantly, what I would call the 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 mid to, mid-level four-star guys, the rising three-star guys, they can't let um, – you know, Virginia Tech or Clemson or anyone come into that area. That's where I think they've they've got to nail it down. I think you need to get those guys. I think you need to develop them. I think the program needs to obviously get to where they're more in the middle of the East. And then then I think the then it can be a little bit more intriguing at that point for some of the high level four stars and five stars to consider you. Whereas right now, I mean, those top kids want to look at the top schools and that's a very short list, but outside of that, I mean, so to expect them to beat, uh, Clemson or Alabama or Georgia out of a kid, I I don't do it unless a kid has a really strong tie at home and wants to stay close to home. I don't expect them to go and beat those kids, but you can't be allowing, you know, Ohio State to come in and get a kid, Clemson to come in to get a kid that that is, um, you know, someone that is a good player but not an elite player. You got to get those kids close to home. So I would say in, a, in the whole Atlantic seaboard area, uh, the upper ACC caliber, the, the, the Big Ten schools, you certainly can't let those come in. So I would say the schools uh, outside of the, you know, the Clemsons and the Alabama Georgias would be, uh, Penn State would be one, Virginia Tech, you know, the schools that recruit that Atlantic seaboard, uh, they can't, they have to start owning that. And if they don't, then they'll suffer the same fate that other coaches have. And they've got the Under Armour money. They're trying to do things facility wise. Uh, they're trying to sell the program. I think they got to sell it in recruiting by getting those type of kids. You're locked on Big Ten football podcast. Man, a lot of news there, and it's just a Monday, the beginning of the week, so we will visit you tomorrow, and we'll have a Locked on Big Ten football podcast each and every weekday. Don't forget about our Locked on SEC football podcast as well. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Go to LandryFootball.com to be the smartest football fan on your block. Again, LandryFootball.com. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker.